0: Welcome everybody to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Doctor Andy Work, guys. I am here with the one and only Jamie Holmes. We are—we've uh, been digging through some old articles of mine. Boy, she was digging real deep at the bottom of the bag to pull out uh, an article that I wrote back in 2017 called "The Four Gifts of Vet Medicine." Um, this is uh, an episode that came up, or an article that came up talking to my good friend Dr. Sarah Boston recently and then Jamie uh, also uh, was around and kind of pulled it out for for looking at. And anyway, uh, it is a really, I hope is a good discussion. I thought it was a good discussion. It, was a, it is all about balancing, giving, um, happiness and stability in our careers and, and what does that balance really look like and then Jamie was asking if my thoughts on are those really the three the three drivers uh, have I changed my mind in the last six years and so we talk, about, we talk about that a lot so anyway it's a really fun conversation I hope you guys will enjoy it let's get into this episode
1: this is your show we're glad you're here we wanna help your veterinary career. Welcome to the cone of shame with Dr. Andy Rourke.
0: Welcome back to the podcast, Jamie Holmes. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Andy?
0: I am. I am really good. I um I always love doing uh episodes of the podcast with you. I heard really nice things. The last time you got together we did the choosing the rulers that uh, we measure with. Yeah. And uh and I got I got a lot of nice notes about that and they were like you should do more episodes with Jamie. And so I thought, you know what? That I think that's probably true.
1: Oh, that's kind. I think that it's that I like to dig in and uh get a little deeper into your articles than uh you yeah. have the opportunity to do cuz it's an article, it's not a book?
0: No, yeah, correct. It's um, I it's funny. Um, I have heard that people struggle to fill like a thousand or twelve hundred words, and I do not. I do not. <laughs> I struggle not to write five thousand words. Yes. Um. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, what is this? And I'm like, it's the article. And they're like, you, it's you're supposed to have the back page, Andy. Like not the not the not the whole article. Uh, not the, the whole, whole magazine. Issue. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, well, I was looking back uh, at. Uh, the Wayback Machine. Are you ready?
0: The Wayback Machine. The Wayback yes. Machine.
1: We're gonna go all the way back. Uh, I think it's 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wow, that's way it back. Is way back. Uh, but this is an article that I know uh, both Sarah Boston and I really love uh, that you did um, about uh, sled dogs. Uh, do you yes. do you happen to remember this article? I.
0: I only remember it because Sarah Roston, who's uh, she is a onco surgeon, a veterinary onco surgeon, and brilliant. She has a podcast called Co Medicine, which is supposed to be like comedy and medicine squished together. And so she had me on, and she specifically asked me about it, and I was embarrassed because I was like, Sarah, I have what? very, very limited record. I remember an article." And so anyway, then I had to go look at it. So yeah. I have actually recently looked at it. Oh, fantastic. Only because she caught me. Only because she caught me flat-footed.
1: Yeah well uh I mean it was what is that seven years ago so i think I think yeah. there's a little little grace to be given there um it is uh, it reminded me of the story of the Indian elder um who was telling a child uh, that uh, who's having some trouble with emotional regulation. Um, and they were like, how do I deal with this? And the, one, uh-huh. the, the wise man says, um, y- you, you have two wolves inside of you. Um, and, uh, you know, you have the, the anger and you have the goodness. And the, the one that you feed is the one that survives. Um, mm. And I have always thought with that, and you know me. I have that duality of mind where it's like it's right or it's wrong. Like only yeah. one dog survives. Only we've only got one sled dog that's gonna <laughs> make it to the end of the Iditarod, uh, and you have to choose which one many, it is.
0: How many dogs do you have right now, Jamie? I have two,
1: uh, and only oh. one's gonna make it. <laughs> only
0: one's gonna make it. Okay, no, okay, all right. Just checking. Yeah. Poor biscuit. Yeah. Poor,
1: Poor biscuit. biscuit. Uh, she's being. Uh, okay. I just got a. a puppy and he's about 15 weeks old and uh he very much wants to bite her on her ears and she does not like her ears touched and so the biting uh, on the ears is not working out real great for her she does not like it and he's right like maybe if i s- try again in five minutes it'll be okay we're like no oh, she, yeah. does, well, yeah. she doesn't like keep-
0: it keep checking in. Yeah. So anyway, so, okay. So two wolves. I I do, I do like it. It's the one that you feed. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, yours is about, uh, the sled, which is life and the three dogs are giving happiness and stability. Um, and I wanted to go back and first of all, ask, do you still think that there are three sled dogs? Or have you found any others? Because it's been seven years and we've grown yeah. and changed in vet med. So, do you think there's more sled dogs now?
0: Oh, wow. That's such a good question. When I, so I was funny, a lot of times I look back at articles to see where I was in my life and what yeah. was going on, right? And so, this was clearly a time and when I was seeing a lot and I was probably feeling a lot of just giving and giving. And not you know you write the article or the book you need to read whichever sure. but um I was I was I was seeing a lot of burnout I think you can the idea is that there's so in when I wrote this there's three dogs there's happiness which is you do you taking care of yourself and then there's stability which is kind of financial security right it's it's you making a living getting your needs met. And then there's giving, which is you doing for other people. And I clearly, I think I was, I was feeling at this time and I was seeing a lot around me of people who they just give and give and give and give. And they, I, I said in the article, the most common dog to get starved is personal happiness. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who they're like, I have to, I have to take care of my family and- I have to take care of my team and I have to give to the world and that's all I have to do. And, and the big thing is, where are you in this? Like this has got to work for you. And they're like, Oh no, I'm sacrificing myself, my happiness. And so I, I, I think I, I saw a lot of that. I think, I mean, I was sort of thinking about the, the dogs. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a lot of it is, is like how much, I think if I could walk it back, if I wanted to sort of parse this part now in my, in my new, in my new sort of, for where I am now, I think I would probably parse happiness into other things. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's giving and I do think giving is important and intentional giving matters. And, and I think I, I, you know, I understand a lot of times when we see like commentary on social media or, or out in the world, it's, it's reactionary commentary, right? Is people are like, they're responding to anger or pain. And so when they say pet owners, stop, asking us to do these things or, or, you know, stop, you know, I, I don't know, um, stop treating us like jerks. Yes. You think, is that, is that really the relationship you have? And he's like, no, they're, they're responding to something. That's not, yes. if you really met them on a calm moment, ask them, they would have a much more, you know, robust response, but, but we're seeing this emotional reaction. And so anyway, I, I think, I think for a lot of, a lot of these things, um, when we start talking about giving or start talking about happiness or talking about stability, I, I think that we're leaning into into this really kind of narrow view of what that is, or it's because are coming from a place of reaction. I think. Um, I think if I was going to parse them apart, I think happiness is kind of a loaded word, and I think I think that, I think that there's it's still that it's still that that balance is key. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I would probably lean if I was gonna if I was gonna do new dogs now. I think interpersonal relationships. Would be, I think. I think I'd probably parse the happiness into interpersonal relationships and, um, and and come out how to say it. But basically, what what I need to recharge and or feel satisfied by. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those are different things. And so I would say you still have to you you should still be driven by giving, and you should make sure that your needs are being met. And at the same time, I really have become a big believer since since 2015 or 2017 or whatever i've definitely become a much bigger believer that our interpersonal relationships really matter and i think that you kind of put family in there and i think you put i think you put colleagues and friends in there and uh, do uh, do you know people are you taking care of those relationships or are you head down just Doing work, you know, uh, paying the bills, things like that, and a lot of us, I think, are very lonely because we we forget about those relationships. And the last part is: Are you getting what you, what you need out of this? Are your needs being met? So I think I think if I was going to do it differently, I'd probably. I'd probably split it into four. I don't know what do you think am am, am, I, am I am I missing something here? It's, it's hard to re to rethink it, but I'm glad you asked
1: I really like what you said when you said intentional giving because I think that that's something that we lose or we feel like we've lost and you and I've talked a lot about agency in the past, but I feel like we in in vetMed feel like we don't really have control over what we give or how we give it, right. Um, yeah. like, cause when someone says, Hey, there's a C-section, can you stay? Y- you often don't have a, an actual choice, like, especially yeah. when morality gets involved in and we get stuck in that trap. And so we feel like we don't have an option. Um, and that's one thing that, uh, I have, uh, some friends who work for an organization. And one of the things that they say, um, repeatedly is I get to do this. Um, and I, yeah. I love that because it reframes it and it's an, I, an option of, I get to do this. And I think back to, I was a phlebotomist and, uh, I worked at an organization. It was a tiny group called the lab and, uh, okay. they were really small and I got to do things like, uh, do blood draws on people in their car when it was inconvenient for them to come in um and i got to do things to help people uh be less afraid um and i worked with a lot of um elderly and a lot of individuals uh who had a lot of needle phobia um and i got to do i I basically had free reign to do whatever i needed to do to make those people comfortable um and some of it was you know white coat syndrome like don't don't come into the building because into the building just is too scary um and the company was bought out by a large organization um with a lot of rules and we weren't allowed to do those things anymore it really put me in a mindset of these things that other people were like what do you mean we do blood draws in the car and then all of a sudden they were like we got to do that and now we don't get to do that um, yeah. And so I think that that's an interesting way to look at it. And I think that you can use that intentionality with both stability and happiness. And I agree with you. I am not a big fan of the word happiness. Um, I, yeah. uh, if I had the choice of uh, being happy for the rest of my life, I would not choose it. Um, I want joy. Like I want wonder. I want right. these things that like feel deeper and bigger Um, And I think that we have the capacity through that Med, we see some of the worst things, but we also get to see some of those, uh, you know, amazing miracles where an animal pulls through that you never thought was going to pull through or a family, you know, you get to see generations of a family come through with their pets. And I think we're we're definitely blessed in that way.
0: If you uh, dream of doing team training with your team, getting your people together, getting them on the same page, talking about uh, how you guys work together in your practice. I'd love to help you. You can check out DrAndyWork.com and check out the store. I have two different team training courses. These are courses for teams to do together to get on the same page and to talk about how you do, thing, uh, do things. I have my uh, Angry Clients course and I have my Exam Room Toolkit course and uh, they are both available and there, to come out. All right, guys, let's get back into this episode there's a There's a lot here to unpack, so I, I I like your point about happiness that that word has I still use it, but i I don't like it very much. I think that we've kind of been sold a false bill of goods about happiness and what happiness is supposed to be. Yeah, I was talking to this veterinarian who's really deep thinker and very smart, and she talked about uh, going to counseling with her partner and one of the things that she really struggled with is her partner's position that happiness is not important and she's like what do you mean happiness is not important and he said it's just not important for me and she says how can that be and and she said what makes you feel good and he says meeting my obligations makes me feel satisfied and it like that's enough for me If I am meeting my obligations, then I am satisfied. And she just, uh, she was like, this was a real sort of sticking point for a long time in trying to understand this person who was her partner, and she had to really work on it. And I got to tell you, I, I, I I've thought a lot about this, uh, you know, and and I do, I, I, I kind of get where a partner's coming from, I, I, I do. And, and then also I, I, I can 100% struggle and be like, what do you mean you, meeting your obligations is enough? But I think that we all know someone who's like that and they're like, yep, this is what I do. I, I meet my obligations and that's enough. I I don't think I've told you this before. I don't think we're made to be happy. Uh, I I really think yeah. that we are creatures molded by natural selection, and species that are content go extinct. I think we're made to be a little bit unhappy. I yeah. think our default state is unhappy because that's what makes us grow and explore and try new things and spread out and you know and and take action and hunt for food so we can you know have a nice little chubby layer when the when the winter co- uh, comes. I think I think if we ate a little berry and we were good for the day. I think we'd starve to death in the wintertime. So we're 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 made to be unhappy. And so if happiness is the goal, then I think that we're always feeling like we're failing because I don't think we're supposed to be happy. And so I I thought a lot about that. I want to jump back to your um I get to do this. Mm -hmm. And say, Oh, I, I frame this up and I get to do this. And and you know, it's funny when you were talking about you know, you did this thing and you went out to the car and you did these things to sort of accommodate these people. And then that was taken away. I can't help but think about the open hospital concept, right? Where, yeah. uh, there's the pet owners can go wherever they want. And I know you've got experience with that, but I think for a lot of people, they're like, Oh, that's terrifying. But I can also see that if you did it and you got comfortable with it, you would recognize, you know, or you would probably take, take pride in the fact that you say, yeah, we, we have people come back here yeah. and they to see everything. I, I think I could see myself very quickly I like is part of become my identity of going yeah we do everything in front of the panelist I I think the only thing that scares me is like what if I mess up but I think I I would I would be fine I would be fine yeah and it would take some time and I would practice and you know get comfortable and after a while you get you get comfortable doing things sort of on display I know that that's true having not done it I think it's still scary for me but but I think that I would come to love it and then if I had to stop doing, it I would feel it was taken away I, I I wrote this piece recently I'm just curious. I've I've not talked with you about this, but I'm curious what you think about it. I was um I was, I've been thinking a lot about sort of optimism and and happiness and kind of what this really looks like given given where i am in my life and so you know i'm in my late 40s at this point i can see 50 from where i am same Uh, my wife had had breast cancer you know a year ago and uh you know and 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 she's she's fine uh is everything's gone well but like that was a significant thing in in my life and i know you've 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 seen and, and had things like that as well and and the whole like Choose just choose happy. I still think that every day you get up, you can decide if you're going to be happy as a default or if you're going to be upset or, or angry or mm-hmm. cynical or afraid as a default. I think you can decide what, like, you know what? I'm starting out at happy and I am going to try to hold on to happy. And that's the choice that I'm going to make. I don't think that's toxic. I don't think that's discounting of anything other than I'm going to try to do this. And so I do think that there is value in optimism. I I like looking at the world uh, with a, with an optimistic view that things may things are going to get better. I suspect. I, you know, I I think wonderful things are going to happen. You said you like you know you like wonder and joy. Yeah. I think looking at the world and going, there's there's things out there that are amazing and wonderful, and I'm going to find them. And this, I can't wait to see where this day goes. I think I think that that's good, and at the same time. The world is a hard place, and when you live through disease or pain for family members or people that you care about, like you can't lie to yourself and be like, "I'm just going to choose to be happy about everything." And you, I I think that that's a a paper shield, and I don't think I don't think it really works, and I don't think it's honest. And so, you know, you look at. So I went looking for insight on happiness a long time ago, and like. I really do like some of the Buddhist ideas and, you know, and it's a religion that's 5,000 years old. Like they got some things figured out and, and, and the Buddhists say, and it's funny because I'll see people and they're kind of shocked because I have this reputation as Mr. Positive and the guy who loves fat medicine. And then I will stand in front of people and say things like, you know what? Life is suffering. Yeah. Like life is suffering and you should yes. own that. Or I'll say, um, I'll say, I'll say medicine is really just picking your poison over and over and over again. And yes. they're like, this is the positive guy. This is this is the funny guy that was like that that we came to, to laugh with. And like, um, oh, there's another one that I really like. It's uh, there's a psychologist named uh, Stutz is his name. He's uh, he's got a documentary with Jonah Hill, but but he he said this thing that I have loved and picked up. But he's like, no one, and I mean no one, can escape um, uncertainty, pain, and constant hard work.
1: Yep. And I'm like,
0: that's awesome, because like, it's true, and yes. it's just like, yep. Yeah. And I, the number of times I've been like, Andy, you're never going to be comfortable. You are always like, you you're never going to escape d- discomfort for any significant period of time you're always going to be uncertain and you're always going to have to work your tail off and like that's yeah. if you just accept that then you can go on and so I, I i think that that clear-eyed pragmatic look at the world and what it is and what it means to be human yeah. i think that's also important and so bringing this all the way back around i have been thinking a lot about the balance in those two mindsets is can you hold on to clear eyed pragmatism? Nothing in this world is guaranteed except hard work, uncertainty, and discomfort. And I think tomorrow is going to be a good day, you know, and I think that there were wonderful things. That uh, that are happening, and there are people that I want to know better, and there's time to be joyful, and opportunities for me to explore and do things that I'm excited about in the time that I have. And third, those things, I think to some people they feel contradictory, like you can't choose happy and believed life is suffering. And I would say, yes, you can. Yeah. Like it, it's it's it takes some it takes some balance and perspective, but. There's nothing wrong with that. They don't, I don't think they contradict as much as a lot of other things I have to hold in my head to be a veterinarian. True. You know?
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. I uh, have often been pegged as being pessimistic, uh, which I have wholeheartedly disagreed with most of my life. I'm like, I'm a realist. Like, I, I, that's how I see myself. Yeah. Um, Sure. Because I don't think, everything's going to turn out badly. Um, I, 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 I couldn't keep going if, if I thought that, like, Mm -hmm. I believe that things are going, uh, are, when things are hard, I believe that they're, you know, this too shall pass. Like it's gonna, it's gonna get better. Um, and it's, it's a season and you don't have any idea how long your, your seasons, um, or your droughts or your rains or your, Amazing harvests, you don't have any idea how long they are going to be. And so you enjoy the things. And I uh I was looking at, oh, you shared with me some pictures uh not very long ago. And in there there
0: the nature photographs? Yes.
1: And in there there were um there were ones that were uh pictures of um uh natural disasters. And so one of them was a picture of this field that was just covered in snow and it was so Mm -hmm. beautiful. And like the person who took that photograph was there in the middle of this terrible snowstorm and was like, you know what? That's gorgeous. And like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's beautiful. Um, That's, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's I, I, I love that. What, what comes to my mind is so I went uh, I went with my family and we went to Phoenix as a Christmas trip like a couple of years ago before the pandemic. So it's probably been five, six years now. And so we went there and we were like we were going to go up and and uh, go go up to Monument Valley and look at all these, you know, look at all the places and, and go to the Grand Canyon and everything. And we did. And it snowed on us like it just dumped snow. And I remember at one point being in this like lava field and if it, it looked like it looked like mars you know what i mean like there was nothing yes. there was nothing really growing in this area it was just this weird rock and also this beautiful snow on top of it and i took tons of pictures and they do not do justice to what was there. But I think that's why what's amazing about incredible nature photography is the ability to actually come close to doing justice to something that's out in nature. Cause I cannot do that with my iPhone. <laughs> you know what I know. Mean? It always, I'm always very excited taking pictures. And then later on, I'm like, you just, this does not, does not convey Fair. what was there. But anyway, but, but it is that, it is that, that mixture of, of beauty. I will also say that about you too, is you, know, you and I have known each other a long time. You are my, you are my first employee. You are one of my best friends. You are a realist. I would, I would, I would fight with anybody who says that you're a pessimist because you you. are a realist. In that, well, you do like you. The number of times that I have frantically pitched you an idea, like, and Jamie, just walk with me, look at what could be possible, and we could do this, and you have been like. Yeah, right, let's. And I, you know what? Let's go for it. Like, I, there's so many times that no one can say you're a pessimist yeah. because I have walked you into way too many adventures that, is, that you didn't have to go on. That
1: is very true. Uh,
0: but, but you are a realist as well, because which is good. Because a lot of times I'm like, we could do this, and you're like, I have questions, Andy. <laughs> I have so I have, many questions. I have questions. <laughs> I have so many questions about how this actually goes down. I think I think we're good for each other I, but I I would say you are not a pessimist you are you are a realist who wants to be an optimist that's what I get from you. Yeah.
1: I uh I think I think I'm a,
0: I think I'm an optimist who wants to be a realist. That's what I want. Oh, uh, yeah, that's I think that I'm. makes
1: sense. Well, that's I mean that's the balance, right? Uh so uh that's how how we find it. Uh okay, so I have one more question about this article. Okay. I forgot about the article. Yeah, right? let's talk about that. Have you ever been on a sled, like sled with? with dog Oh my god, I want to do it Never. so bad, so bad.
0: I have, I have buddies. Uh, I, I have one one friend in particular who somehow got involved with the Iditarod, like when we were in vet school, and Uh he's just been doing it forever. And I'm like, I might as as well go to Mars, as as to the Iditarod. I'm like, this is just, it's something like, I can kind of get my head around it, but I just, I have no idea what it would actually be. And I see the pictures, and I watch videos, and I'm like, I... You know, I am, I am so out of my, out of
1: my depth here. Well, um, I want to be real clear. I do not want to do the, I did a rod. I like oh, yeah. want to go for like maybe a mile and then have a Starbucks. Uh, but I want to yeah. do it. I want to do it. Cause I have heard it's amazing and I love the feeling of flying and I imagine that that's what it's like. And I love the, I love the excitement of the dogs.
0: I I could get into that. I want to create a new sport called hover sled, and it's a it's a sled like it's like a hoverboard uh-huh. and then and then dogs can pull it in Florida in like January or you know we could uh, I don't know California we could just we could find an area that's seventy degrees Fahrenheit. 20 degrees Celsius, uh-huh. beautiful. And then they could pull the sled without the blistering cold that seems to be required right now. Okay. Like roller sled. Like we could just have a, like, basically I want to tie dogs to a shopping cart and ride with oh. That's what I've decided.
1: I'm pretty sure that's, that's already a sport, but I'm not sure if it involves dogs.
0: I think I'm going to investigate that. That's okay. what I'm going that's, to
1: go do. Uh, you go do that. And, um. Uh, I'll just I'll just hang out with Allison and we'll-, well I
0: mean I can I'm coming for your two dogs because I only have only have bad dog Skipper Rourke who I do not trust to pull my shopping cart alone sure so I'll be over soon okay
1: sounds good I'll see you but, then Andy
0: bye see you soon thanks and that's it that's what I got for you I hope you enjoyed it I hope you took something out of it thanks to Jamie for being here uh, thanks to you guys for being here take care of yourselves everybody I'll talk to you soon.